Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, I'm sitting with Kristen Reed. She is the Director of Marketing at Johnson & Daniel, which is a luxury real estate brokerage based out of Toronto, but they got offices all over Southern Ontario and up in the Muskokas. For those of you who don't know where the Muskokas are, it's where people in uh, Toronto go to vacation. But I digress. Before we get into this conversation, which is where we talk about how to define luxury and really define a luxury experience and how to provide that to your customers. I do want to give a shout out to our sponsors, which you guessed it is us. And who are we? We're Cave Social. Cave Social is a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow by using social media. So if you're feeling stuck when it comes to Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us, book a free consultation. We'd be glad to help you out. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, I am sitting with Kristen Reed. She is the Director of Marketing at Johnson & Daniel, a real estate brokerage based out of Southern Ontario. Kristen, how you doing? Doing very well. Thanks, Jordan. How are you? I am doing well. I am excited. Anytime I get to talk to people from Canada, specifically <laughs> Toronto, specifically a fellow alumni of the University of Toronto, I'm jacked up. So I'm excited for you to be here and more so to get into the marketing side of things. Fantastic. But before we do jump into philosophies around marketing, walk us through your backstory. How did you get to where you're at today with Johnson & Daniel? Well, as you mentioned, I, uh, I attended the University of Toronto, Toronto campus, where uh, I actually currently live just down the street from in the annex uh, in the city, so haven't strayed too far. After I graduated U of T, I left and um, was sort of, you know, doing as all English majors do, ponder what they want to do with their future. I actually ended up working in finance, funnily enough, much to everybody's shock and mostly including my father, who was like, pardon me. Um, and uh, I took a job at a boutique exchange traded fund company investment firm called Claymore Investments, where I was by far their most junior employee working as an assistant to the sales and marketing team. And about four months in, I believe, I just passed my probationary period. We were acquired by one of the, I think, if not the largest money manager on planet Earth, BlackRock, because the company was super successful in the ETF sector. My boss at the time, Sam, was, uh, you know, sort of the, I guess, founder of ETFs or at least, you know, popularizing them in the market space. So we were acquired by BlackRock iShare. And basically at that point, they sort of took the fund, our funds and uh, left the people. And so I moved on to Manulife Investments, where I worked as a territory sales coordinator to support the wholesaling teams within the investment side of the business. So not the insurance side, but the investment side. So worked on the sales teams there and supported my teams, worked my way up basically was figuring out that I really loved working in sales, loved working in finance, very dynamic, super busy, a lot of really, really smart people in the room, big company. So there was a lot of opportunities. But what I found was the corporate marketing didn't always support our fund launches and sort of tell the messaging that we thought was really important as a sales force to 
get through to our clients, them being financial advisors, et cetera. So I ended up doing a lot of marketing pieces. Sorry, Manulife, we're not supposed to, or we weren't supposed to create our own stuff. But in order to really uh, get the value proposition across, I ended up sort of creating a lot of our own marketing for my sales teams. And in that, I kind of realized that I really enjoyed that aspect of the sales cycle, you know, working to sort of pull out key messaging to put things together into an interesting format to really get across, you know, what it is that we wanted for our sales teams to be able to utilize and sell and do their jobs best. So I started looking for jobs in the marketing sphere and ended up finding a role at a small boutique uh, real estate brokerage located in downtown Toronto called PSR Brokerage, applied to that job and ended up uh, getting the opportunity, which was fantastic as a marketing manager there. And when I started at PSR, I was the first person that they had hired in-house to run their marketing. So I basically uh, started on my first day with a laptop and started making email lists of all of our agents with their contact info, building out company policies, our brand Bible, uh, taking over our social media accounts, you know, starting to put together uh, and sort of just maintain and also have some consistency to all of our social media accounts just generally, worked on our website, all of those sort of ground floor things. And in three years, built up a pretty robust marketing department as a team of one, I guess. I love my time at PSR. It was fantastic. It was a very progressive, modern, young real estate brokerage that worked on, had sort of two sides to the business, resale, which is traditional real estate reselling of things that already exist, properties, and then also pre-construction. So working with developers from an exclusivity standpoint to represent their developments and then sell them to agents that are looking to buy on behalf of their clients that aren't built yet. And then after a couple of years at PSR, I sort of wanted to see what else was out there, take things to the next level and was offered a job at Johnson & Daniel as the director of marketing there. So that's where I find myself today. Johnson & Daniel is a luxury real estate brokerage located in uptown Toronto in Oakville and with two franchise offices in Muskoka. And we have about just under 180 agents, I believe, and has been operating since 1950. A, an important name to know in the luxury real estate space in Southern Ontario. Very cool. Now, you said early on in your experience, right, when you're working in the investment world that, you know, sometimes the corporate branding and marketing didn't really match that customer experience and the experience that the financial advisors were giving. And I think there's a lot of parallels between those company structures and how real estate brokerages are set up with the brokerage, the agent and the end consumer. So I'm interested now at Johnson and Daniel, how do you put together the story and tell the story in a way that really does represent that luxury experience for the consumer and that experience between the consumer you know, and the agent? Great question. I mean, there is a lot of parallels between the two. And I think what it really came down to was a lot of the time at Manulife, it being such a big company, they so many departments to support. And without working alongside the sales team to really hear the conversations that they were having, it's difficult to, without that context, sort of extract what the UVP or unique value proposition of that fund or that mandate is. So to answer your question, Jordan, parallel to real estate and how, you know, the majority of brokerage operate, which I agree, the most important thing I believe when sort of trying to extrapolate that messaging is what is it that 
my audience really cares most about? And how can I create content that is specifically geared towards that audience that will resonate with them and that they'll find value in? So, you know, I I love my experience working in sales and it's so important to me as a marketer and the head of the marketing at the company that I work for to work very, very closely with our sales force and listen to them when they tell me, and they do, (laughs) which I rely on them for, you know, what they believe the key messaging should be, how things should be positioned, and then separately, you know, how I feel as well. There has to be the marriage between the two because if the sales team doesn't view what you create helpful in any way, then, you know, it's like if a tree falls in the forest, doesn't make a sound. If you create something in marketing, but nobody uses it, was it successful? Right. (laughs) Interesting. Now, you know, really, one, I love that. And with storytelling, you have to listen to the audience and say, what stories are going to resonate and how do we, you know, create materials that resonate with the audience? Now, when there's a brokerage and the way it's set up, you have two audiences, right? You have your Certainly. agents and then you have your consumers. But talk to me about when you have generational differences, right? Where we have more experienced agents who are maybe, and consumers who, really respond well to traditional advertising. And then you have that new generation, that millennial buyer who is going to respond more to digital. And then there's some people in between, right? Absolutely. By the time this airs, I'll be 33. So I'm on the tail Fantastic. end of the millennials. And Happy I will, almost birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I respond to different messaging, right? Absolutely. Um, how do you balance that from an organization standpoint of where to go with the messaging? Well, in short, it's very expensive. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. It's exactly, as you've said, Jordan, with those sort of different generational demographics at play, luxury real estate specifically, when you think about luxury, you think, I at least personally think very tactile. I get a sense of something that's luxurious where, you know, whether I'm shopping or what have you in how it's packaged, how much care, you know, is put into the storefront itself, you know, the, all of these sort of things go off to give us indicators of its worth. So when it comes to luxury real estate, I think that the same applies. And the importance of having that tactile five cents luxury experience is super important. But on the flip side, especially in a situation like we find ourselves now in current day with this pandemic, we have to find creative alternative solutions to really have that same sort of user experience or client experience with your luxury brand in a completely digital, you know, remote safe format. So I think in that specific instance, the importance really comes down to messaging and how you're positioning yourself. And separately, not only that, what sort of technology and tools you're using to really convey that sort of luxury presence and that luxurious branding that your company entails. So what we're really doing is making sure that our new website that we're building, launching very soon, is going to have a much stronger sense of luxury when you're working through the user experience, when you're searching for property in terms of bells and whistles from an external sort of general public user experience. But on the flip side, for our agents, there's a vast back end that's going to assist them with their business. So luxury comes in all shapes and forms. And in terms of our uh, servicing our agents best, we want to make sure that we're constantly providing them the best tools and resources to be able to, you know, do their job in all different types of formats, not just, you know, print necessarily, which is still, I think, very important as a, you know, I'm 30, turning 31 in May, and I love print. I love like a gorgeous, thick, heavy stock in a magazine, in a book. You know, I like touching things and feeling things. I love an emboss. I love business cards. I love all of those things. And I don't think that that necessarily is always like a generational difference, but in terms of familiarity with technology and sort of some of the different ways that you can market yourself digitally these days, there's definitely 
definitely that difference in, um, you know, perhaps some of the older demographics since they haven't always had, you know, programmatic ads and Facebook ads and all of those sort of tools that uh, perhaps a younger agent is more familiar with. They rely on those more traditional means and find themselves a bit more sort of looking for solutions and a little bit frustrated when they find themselves in situations like COVID where they can't do what they're used to. Definitely. It's interesting to really leaned on one word that I want to expand on, which is especially for service providers. And that is the experience, right? The experience that the customer is having, because we don't have that five cents. There's not an object. It's not mm-hmm. like, there's not oh, somebody greeting you, a, holding the door, yeah. you know, with a, you know, signature scent in the air, all of those things. <laughs> exactly. So now it comes down to how I view luxury. Uh, there's a couple things, but for me personally, the brands that I, and service providers that do it really well, one robust tools, like you said, having these tools that really equip your field team, in this case, the agents to go out and really like, hey, look, if you're in construction, we just gave you the best tool belt you can have, right? And this thing's gonna have all the tools you can use. But then the flip side is how they use it. So understanding that attention to detail, attention to detail, responsiveness, and a genuine caring go so far with providing a luxury experience. I even see on your website, right, Johnson and Daniel, there is something where you say, our trusted advisors, which I, I want to expand on because this is something that I don't think a lot of people understand, is when you're positioned as a trusted advisor, that means you tell your clients no sometimes. Certainly. <laughs> and, and that is luxury and that is what you pay for at a higher end. Um, I agree. <laughs> it's the most important financial transaction in your life, no matter what stage you're in, be it, you know, buying your first house, uh, you know, upgrading from there for, you know, more square footage, more bedrooms, whatever stage of life you're in. Even if you're downsizing at that moment, it's still the largest financial transaction. I mean, usually that you're doing um, at any given time. So if you're going to have, I always say to people, oh, what's the importance of, you know, if people are asking what the importance of having a real estate uh, professional, you know, handle your businesses. And I always ask them, like, think about all of the things that you pay for and entrust that person to do their job in it. You know, you wouldn't file your taxes without, you know, having software to help you do it or your own, you know, tax advisor going through it with you or your financial advisor, your accountant, what have you. You hire all of these people to work with you to make sure that it's done right. Why wouldn't you do the same with the largest financial transaction, you know, that you'll be doing this is so much money and a place that you're going to physically inhabit so you want to make sure it's handled well and correctly and a lot of the time as you said that means saying no and making sure that you're making the decision and guiding your client and what you know in their best interest to piggyback on that right where buying a home is for it's like for 90 percent of americans is for or, sure you know, is the biggest <laughs> financial purchase they'll ever make but something i always tell the agents to just be thinking about is the real estate commission they're going to pay you is probably like their fifth biggest purchase. So it's, you know, there's a lot of money on the line. And I do think that when agents can internalize that a little bit and go, oh, like I have to earn this money and I have to really do that and show my value, whether that is understanding how to field multiple offers and then bring that back to a client. And then, hey, this is how we're going to, you know, do this negotiation, even just from a base line of how do we set up stage and promote the house? All of these little touch points are so important because like you said, one, that end consumer is spending probably the majority, you know, it's their biggest purchase on the house. And then two, they're probably, this might be the most they've ever paid to a service provider, you know, certainly unless they've gone through a very costly divorce or something. (laughs) (laughs) All of these factors are at play. So I think the way you overcome these objections around cost is through service that can't be compared to Joe Schmo agent on the street. 
and understanding that, okay, if, if I'm going to charge a luxury, you know, your full price, commission as a yeah, luxury agent, for sure, then there has to be luxury service and it has to be something that's head and shoulders above average. Absolutely. Something I always say to our agents and also that is now incorporated into our brand messaging is luxury isn't a price point. It's an experience. Luxury doesn't mean above one, $2 million. It Luxury is available to all when you're hiring a luxury agent or, you know, if I'm speaking to our J&D agents and they're asking, you know, how do I position myself? How do I position my branding? I don't want to alienate, you know, maybe first time buyers, which are so important in our, in my pipeline for my, you know, sales goals, et cetera. Um, I don't want them to think that I'm out of reach and being able to pivot that messaging to make sure that luxury isn't something that is exclusive to those with a certain number in their bank account, that it's accessible to all, I think is the best way to attract clients from all different price points. 100%. And those people like are the next generation of high price point buyers, right? They have their first purchase. Exactly. It's a pipeline. Yeah, exactly. And they grow forward. So I think it's huge. I think that's a great way to put it, that luxury really is an experience. Kristen, I'm going to let you go. But before I do, let people know where they can find out more about Johnson & Daniel and connect with you online. Perfect. You can find Johnson & Daniel at www.johnsonanddaniel.com. Johnson & Daniel has a T in it as well. So Johnston and Daniel. And you can follow us on social media at Johnson & Daniel on Instagram, and I believe on Facebook as well. And and on LinkedIn and Twitter. Awesome. Everybody, I will put uh, links to that in the show notes as well. Perfect. Kristen, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Jordan. It's been a pleasure. Great chatting. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch y'all next time.